0: You're sitting on a park bench and you can invite anyone from the past, the present or the future to sit with you and have a conversation. Who would you invite and why?
1: Welcome to Love Life, featuring your host, Jane Donovan.
2: The sun shines bright as it
3: moves across my face. I feel the light.
0: Welcome to Love Life, I'm Jane Donovan. Today's episode came about after spending a few weeks at my regular holiday place at Normanville. This is a place I call my happy place and I also find it's a place of deep contemplation and it often results in gaining great clarity. I guess it's where I'm not working or busy with the structure of normal everyday life. The monkey mind quietens, the heart opens and both end up being freer to simply be. I consistently find myself having really interesting and thought-provoking conversations on a wide range of topics and with a very eclectic group of people, people who I call my normie friends. And so I wanted to find a way to bring these conversations to you. I chose to ask each person the question, you're sitting on a park bench and you can invite anyone from the past, the present, the future to sit with you and have a conversation. Who would you invite and why? The recording actually has taken place with us sitting on park benches. Birds are chirping in the background, dogs are barking, people are walking past saying hello, isn't it a lovely day in paradise? This is our real park bench conversations with some of my normie crew and I hope you enjoy it.
1: Hi, I'm Brian and I would invite Jesus to the bench.
0: Jesus. That's clever, Brian. Very clever. So I've got to ask why.
1: Yeah, I would ask Jesus to the bench because I've always been interested in religion, Um, not that I'm a religious person. But there's there's so many things happen in the name of religion, Um, and Jesus obviously being a key figure in the whole picture. Um, To be able to sit with the source of that and ask specific questions would be a real way of finding out, is it all real? is all the drama and turmoil that surrounds religion actually worth everything that, you know, has occurred? Um,
0: yeah, and, and that would, would be, be interesting.
1: Yeah, but even... I just think it would be a super interesting conversation to have with, with, a, with that figure, with him, would be... And that amazing wisdom. Yeah, I mean, whether he's actually the son of God or not, to, to have been such a controversial figure in his lifetime, it would be interesting as well to actually let him know the effect that his short life has had on the world for the last 2,000 years and see what he actually thinks of all that.
0: Oh, so, I think you'd be deeply disappointed yeah, by how so,
1: it it's been interpreted. Don't you think? Oh, I think definitely, yeah. Yep. So yep. what questions would want to ask? I think the first, most obvious question for me would be, are you truly the, the, the manifestation of the son of God? Are you? Is, is it true? Are you or aren't you? Did you actually rise from the dead? Yeah, you know, that that would be the first question. Yeah. I'd love to hear that answer. Because I
0: don't think that anybody would dispute that he wasn't a magnificent leader of of intent, of love, of connection, of acceptance.
1: I, I think he was a lot more controversial than that. Because he he stood against the establishment. He he was a crusader almost. He he was a unique figure, a of the time, who questioned everything and had his. He came out with a whole brand new view, which unsettled the establishment which is what ultimately ended in his crucifixion they've got nah, this bloke's causing way too much trouble if everybody listens to him they're gonna bring he'll, he'll bring us down so they put him down so i think yep he's he did preach love and acceptance and everything else but he also preached standing up and for what you believe in and and going against what's wrong with establishment and I think he he was we need
0: that so much these days as well don't we he
1: was a real crusader of his time and I think whether or not the story of him being the son of God or not yeah is true but just understanding what he was thinking at the time and you know based around his standing up against the establishment with with the Jews and um, and the Romans and sort of being torn in, in between the two and trying to create something new and different and standing up against it all and knowing that he was going to cop what he copped but still going...
0: Still being prepared to sacrifice. Exactly. He
1: was prepared to stand by his word and what he believed in and ultimately die for it. To be able to have a conversation with him about about those events would be, I think, unbelievable.
0: I wonder if he would do anything different if he had his time again.
1: Who knows? In hindsight, people often say no that they wouldn't but I think, you know, quite a, a lot of people would um, do things differently. I think pride makes because people I think say no. But... I
0: agree, because I think that, you know, I know if I look at my own life, I think, well, it would be good to, it's good to say that, no, I wouldn't do anything different, I have no regrets, blah, 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 because I find the gift in everything, even if it's been a tough love lesson I've had to learn. But the reality is that with wisdom, you can look and think, well, I could have done things more effectively. Yeah. Much yeah. more effectively with, with wisdom of years. Yeah. Or with having had the experience and going, I could play that totally differently next time,
1: I would. It depends. If he's proud of what's happened after his crucifixion, then I don't think he would change anything. Because if he changed something and he didn't get crucified, then what has since come afterwards wouldn't have come. If he didn't die at that time... We wouldn't still be talking about him. He would just be another figure that created a bit of turmoil a couple of thousand years ago, and everyone's forgotten who he is. It was the fact that he actually did commit that ultimate sacrifice, Mm -hmm. which led to today.
0: I wouldn't know about the walking
1: on water... The multiple yeah, fish, exactly. you know, the, the all miracles, of those things like, that that's right. All those things, did they happen? Yeah. Is it just because I know, do believe in been, miracles? So I'm has not it saying been blown it, out of proportion, you know, was it was this stuff for real? And why can't we see it now? Why don't they happen? Do now? You know what? I think that Jesus
0: would really want to sit with you because your questioning is actually what he was all about. Yeah, now yeah, I'm not saying you're Jesus, truth. bride, we can't have that no. happen. No. <laughs> Mind you, I could say, "Hey, guess who I'm sitting on the bench with." Yeah. <laughs> However, though, I think the fact that that you that you are questioning is what he wants. I think. It, well, I don't know what he wants. Who do I? Who am I to say that? No, but no. My one, yeah. interpretation yeah. might be that I could imagine that he would probably be quite blown away by how many followers he has. Oh yeah. I but mean, that- imagine his Facebook page. Or his Twitter account. The
1: way the way I, I consider him as a historical figure is that pe- people say one person can't change the world. Mm-hmm. But he is an outstanding example of how one person can and did change the world.
0: Yeah.
1: We started counting time yes. from when Christ was born. Yes. So it's it's the year 2016. Now it's 2016 years since Christ yes. was born.
0: Yes, yeah, so that was either BC or...
1: So for all time, Eddie. now forever... Mm we're just counting since the day that that man was born. Yeah. So even if he's just a man, that the whole, for, for all time, forever and ever, it, he could be forgotten one day, but time will still be counted. And it's, Left count, a legacy. And it's counted from the day that that man was born. Right now, for people to say, oh, one person can't change much, that's bullshit. <laughs> like, that, like, if one person can can be the mark of time
0: do you find that motivational i, I think
1: that's remarkable oh yeah, it is it is yep yeah for sure
0: now that i'm suggesting that you want to be necessarily somebody that changes the world or maybe you do but it can be motivational within your world can't it that you
1: know I, on a smaller level yeah yeah, yeah your yeah.
0: community your world
1: the people you're yep. connected
0: with the people that you wish to be of influence with
1: yep it's pretty cool but people who are in a situation to influence you know bigger the bigger picture mm. um you know, can use that as an example to drive themselves to say, well, you know, if this man did that, and you just got to consider he was a man.
0: I mean, just then, an ordinary man, really, to start with. That's right. To start with. Yeah,
1: yeah. He was a man that created such a noise that, they, you know, that, that like you said, this legacy has been left for... It'll be here forever because we, mm-hmm. we, we now mark time from that. So, you know, I, I can't think of... I can't think of a bigger, you know, sort of person than than that to sit with and have a conversation yeah i think you could sit there and talk for months
0: (laughs) i agree well i have to say that you know i i love to i must share with our listeners that you are my friend who came up with the idea of doing this podcast of of filling in the blank of you're on the park bench anybody from the past the present or the future who would you have sit next to you so brian posed this question to me and said you know why don't you use this for a podcast We had another podcast ready for this week that I had some legal issues with that were still pending, so it was time to quickly put together another episode. (laughs) Brian came to the rescue with this question, and I said, I think that's a great question. What would your answer be, Brian? And when he said Jesus, I thought, oh, well, we've got to do this. I'd love, I'd love to, I'd love to sit in a good.
1: bar though and have a scotch with um, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> All, right. Okay. All right, now let's get into yeah. the Hollywood. So fun. on a commercial, on a, on a, on a, on a, less philosophical, <laughs> yeah, on a less philosophical level, Clint Eastwood would be great to have a scotch with and just say, G'day, mate." Yeah, yeah. it'd yeah. just feel
0: really cool hanging with it,
1: him. I, I reckon that would be great. But How many
0: selfies would you take?
1: I just want to shake his hand and just say, man, you're awesome. (laughs) Oh,
0: he's going to turn around and say, yeah, you're awesome. I heard you got to sit in a bench with Jesus. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Imagine being that bloke. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like you can have your own talk show. Well,
0: you know, (laughs) yes, exactly. So thank you so much for sharing that, Brian. I think our listeners are going to go, wow, I didn't expect that answer at all, but it's a very clever very clever use of an opportunity. Yeah,
1: well, I didn't mean so, it to be um, clever. It was just, yeah, let's get Jesus on a bench. Yeah. yeah. Mm.
0: Well, can I invite you out, uh, back to come on the show when you have had that conversation
1: with him? <laughs> if it ever happens, I'll let you know. We, we want to yeah, hear the yeah, answers. I know all answers are a big yeah, it'll, be, it'll cost you a lot of money for a That's
2: okay. No problem, Brian.
0: <laughs> We're up for it.
1: <laughs> thanks for joining right. us. No, thanks, Jane.
2: Hi, I'm Mel, and I'd invite on my bench, on any park bench, a homeless person. The reason being is why did you get there? How did you get there? What was your life before?
0: Be interesting, wouldn't it? Because so often they have the richest stories. They're the oldest souls that have gone through so much. I wonder with homeless people. I don't think it's one rule fits all, is it? It would be. Each story would be so unique.
2: Every story would be completely different. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. Would you be interested to know? what can be done to support homeless people.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And what they need and how do they live a a night, a comfortable night? Where's their next meal coming from? How can we change that?
0: Yeah, what wisdom they'd know. They'd know so much. Because it is always the dark night of the soul that takes us to the greatest of wisdom.
2: So have you ever had a conversation with a homeless person? No, no, no. But I think there's not enough support for homeless people. We do a lot through villies. And even like the hut Street, you know, we're just going to massage feet. Because they, you know, they don't have great blood circulation because of, you know, you know, having an addiction to alcohol. Are a lot of people in the shelters, is that their problem? I haven't done a lot with it, so I don't really have the knowledge on it. I'm just saying from what is reported back to us at work, we give all of our yeast to the homeless. Beautiful. Like all of our, um, yeah, out-of-date stock. Well, not out-of-date, but wastage. Yeah, and I think it's, um, you know, in this day and age, with social work needs to be done. Like, the people that do community work, they should be working with the homeless or old people or, you know, not going out and picking up rubbish. They need to pay, their, pay back to the community what they're doing.
0: I would imagine that homeless people would be so often lacking in good conversations. Like, people would look through them as though they're invisible, yeah. I know that when I've seen people that are um, begging, I I am that person that always stops and gives money yeah. and I've often had people with me that have gone, oh, you're enabling. And I think, oh, I just don't agree with that. But everyone's got a story. And, you and, yeah. and I yeah. often talk to them about their story. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many different ones I've heard, but one, was, one that I've heard several times has been where they've had deep shame about something that's happened in their life yep. and they actually want to disappear
2: yep. and So, so they, where's that turning point in life where they didn't get the support to become to be in that situation they're in now yeah. Is there not enough support at that turning edge for them?
0: Yeah, yeah quite possibly mm. not. I also found it interesting that one guy in particular, I, I actually spoke to three nights in a row when I was in Melbourne recently and he was really wanting to turn his life around yep. and so the first night i put 10 bucks in his hat thing he had there and he said i'm trying to live off of half of what i get and the other half saved towards getting myself some structure yeah um he was an artist yep and i said why are you not selling your art yep you know if you're happy to sit on the street and he was on yep. you know a, not a gutter a sidewalk yeah why don't you have your art here
2: yeah but do they? They not know where to start. Self-esteem. Do, that's right. How do they pick themselves up from back getting that low to get to that next level? And that's maybe right. that's a, the support level that needs to change. Well, I think it, it
0: can start with like people listening to this podcast. So you can just start with them having conversations with people, not being afraid to go up and yeah. talk to people that yeah. are different to us that live
2: yeah. in a different way. And it's a really interesting way. thing that you're doing with the park bench because there was a school that had the, if, you, if a young child, if you were unhappy and you needed a friend, you would go to the... The th- friendship bench, they call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, the friendship yeah, bench. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. some
0: of the older children are rostered on that each recess and lunchtime at yep. schools, their job is to hang around that friendship bench. Yep. And if someone is sitting there lonely yep. or yep. sad, yep. their job is to just yep. buddy them up. Yep. And I think myself that when I'm in a place of sadness or loneliness... It is human contact of somebody that just seems to care, yep.
2: that shifts it. It would be a really interesting experiment to do in, in having that as a situation and see how many people will just continue to walk or how many people actually stop. Oh, you often and... see
0: those videos on YouTube where people do that. Yep, yep. See, I, I always want to be that person mm. that stops. That
2: stops, yeah.
0: Which my mother always said I was going to die young because she said you'll get killed with the things that you stop and help. And I think, no, I'm not. I feel like I'm completely protected. Yep. When you're intense, lovely, fabulous, I feel fine. I feel secure. And I feel so, so good about in... me.
2: That's no, sure. right. I, I feel
0: really good about me after doing something where mm-hmm. I've helped someone else. Yeah, so, Mel, I think speaking to somebody that's homeless would be amazing. I'd love to join you on the bench with that
2: person. Yes. Thank... I'm sure there's plenty out
0: there. Yeah, thank you for sharing that with me.
2: Thanks,
3: Jane. Hi, I'm Dave, and I would invite Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Yes.
0: All right, well I've got to ask why. Well, I I've
3: I've been a fan as many Australians were right from the beginning when he was in Gallipoli and uh, and then Mad Max of course. So and and he was like he was Braveheart. By the time Braveheart came out there was nominations all over. It was like and he'd made that that had been a 20 a something year years all, already yeah. by that stage. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so he was and then he went off and obviously did the, the, the movies about, you know, the passion of the Christ. Yeah. And, and Because
0: religion's really important to him. Extremely. And, important.
3: And it's... Because I, I do remember that his old man was on sale of the century, oh. right? He, oh, uh, really? Yeah. He, won, he was the first guy, I think, ever to win everything. And oh,
0: so his dad's really smart.
3: Yeah, yeah, really intelligent. Off, off the yeah. charts, yeah. smart. So for him, A, to go out and be an actor, I mean, I back know. then... And all that...
0: Well, the arts... Well, but, still, are not considered as no, a, a form of intelligence,
3: and heaven it's forbid. A, yeah, yeah. Now, I think some people still see it as a hobby that, that I've been, I've been doing this hobby and paying my own way for thirty years. Know. You know, doing what I do. And so. when are you going
0: to grow up and get a real job? <laughs> yeah,
3: that's, like, <laughs> that's those days are fast becoming numbered. <laughs>
4: uh,
3: <laughs> um, but Mel, so like for him to come from a background of that super intelligent father, I think he was a professor or something, and then, and then to go in and spend all those years. Building himself up to what he was, and then to come crashing down, I know. and to, to end up just you know exposing himself as a, a, a anti semite as yep. it were, and yep. a yep. and a drunk and a and carouser and all that and stuff. And, yeah, yeah. And, and to th- like I, the kind of thing is that I, that I wonder about is is was he hiding? That's a long. It's hard to hide that stuff.
0: Because you probably talking you 30 think, years, yeah, do you reckon? Of he, building up. 30 years that the, he had a, such a clean reputation.
3: Oh, that's right, he was the golden boy. We mm. loved him. He was out mm. now, you mm. know, and, and, you know. Because
0: you know he, he was married to an Adelaide girl.
3: Yeah, that's right. Well, who he,
0: actually, her mother is best friends with my auntie.
3: Unreal. And did they shoot some of Mad Max or did he yeah.
0: get... Yeah, no, there has been stuff done here in Adelaide right, in right. quite a few of his movies, I think. Yeah. If this was something that wasn't 30 years in the hiding... mm and then this happens.
3: Was it, How a breakdown? Do you cope? Was it a breakdown that he suffered in public, that everyone went, right, this guy, and then just null? And and, and if so, then he must have the strength of character. Yes. To be able to, to um, you know, it, it's all speculation, but as you say, if, if he'd been able to... Surely it would have been festering over the years, but it kind of just seemed to come bang. Yeah, it and did. Then it yeah, was yeah. all over, and the next thing he was hanging out with and beating his Russian girlfriend pregnant oh, I'd and all that. this yes. stuff. And, and of course, now
5: mm.
3: now he's back. Now he's fated and, and he's got Academy Awards for this, um, this movie, He's Done Broken. Ridge or or Ridge which is uh, you know huge acclaim and he's back and, and it's like all is forgiven but I wonder if he forgives all those people who just smashed on well, him we just all as a society and... we're
0: shocking like oh. we, we love to hold our celebrities up in the air but and the first sign we cut <laughs> them down <laughs> so badly I mean, have you had that happen in your music career
3: um, not to the extent of these guys because obviously they live their, their lives in such a public forum. But you do too, and, it's
0: all relative. Yeah, you but know, they have to,
3: to to perpetuate the whole thing they've gotta turn out to gala events and and have snaps of them taken in St Bart's and have yeah. you know, all this stuff that goes along with with being not only a, a famous person but the the, the the studios want you to bank on their on your celebrity as well. So.
0: Whereas you as an independent artist.
3: Yeah. Well, get I to mean.
0: Write your own ticket of what you will and won't do. Is yeah, it more? Is that more? Absolutely. And we've got that freedom. And he doesn't have that. Yeah. He's got a. He's basically signing his soul away when he That's does a movie. Right.
3: We were in, we signed an independent record deal. We've only ever signed with independent labels, through majors and stuff like that, but do signed to the independent labels. The best thing about that is you can tell them to go and jump in the lake at any time. <laughs> Look,
0: we haven't actually introduced you properly because yeah. I was going to let you just do this anonymously wherever right. you wanted to go, but I know I'm going to get all these messages saying, <laughs> so who's Dave? We haven't said, so can we say? Yeah,
3: yeah Okay. Absolutely. So Dave,
0: Dave is with the Screaming Jets and also yeah. with the Angels yep. and had an amazing career for 20...
3: Yeah, well we're
0: still plowing
3: on now. I mean, the Jets are up to their this is our 28th year I think, eighty nine we started off. We've had a few... 20... 28 years, eight years. yeah. yeah. I know. So, <laughs> we're still searching for... I you know, still think there's higher mountains to climb and, and achievements for us to make, so... Which,
0: I love that, though. You know, I interviewed a, Ben journey. Lee a few weeks ago, yeah. and he said his life goal is he wants to be making the best music of his life at 80. Yeah,
3: well, I mean, the bluesmen don't come into their stride till they're 70 years old or something like that, but, love it. you know, the, and the that's... If you keep going thinking that you're owed something, or that there's that, you know there's something in the offing, or you might stumble on something, that's a reason to quit. But we still have, I mean, this band, the Jets, have been together eight years as this um, lineup. Now we have a ball. We write great music together. We're just recording an album that. Hot Metal magazine said was the album of two thousand sixteen. Oh,
0: fantastic! You know, so
3: I mean, to get that type of accolade still makes an old man feel, you know, very old
0: oh, man. Stoked, you're gorgeous, you know? but you're right. Like the, the perception is, it's a young person's industry. Mm. Oh, sure, and, and that's what you're talking about. Again, coming back to Mel, is yep. his his longevity well, is right. so impressive. It is because it is it is hard once you hit a sort of pocket of middle age somewhere. Mm. That you kind
3: of you're done? Yeah, well that's all right. I mean and you know, the new ones are
0: looking going, Well we've got cooler stuff yeah, that's coming well,
3: up and out know, and Pacino and all those great actors, they kind of done their some of their best work later in their careers and it's sticking in the game and obviously Mel he must have metal because because uh, you know, to to lose every to, to fall from grace so spectacularly yeah. and 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 now come back, but I tell you what, I reckon he keeps some people at some of the press at arm's length and coming back to the celebrity thing and what people know about you and this is all leaked by your pr not even leaked anymore it's just jammed out there here's something they did there's something they said you know i always use the the uh the, the classic example for me was a, a, it was probably in the same year it happened um, or maybe a year earlier daniel johnson come out and said i've battled with anorexia and and it, to me it played out like a pr stunt it's 12 months later slim dusty died no one ever knew he was sick so right, right. there it is and, and people go oh leave me alone it's my private life you, you can keep your private life as private as you want and 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 hundreds of musicians that had played with and known slim over the years made the journey in these final months to go and pay their respects and all that None of them went out and said to the press, guess what I just did? I went and saw Slim and he's dying. It was yeah. like... And people connect with Slim on so many levels because of his wonderful character and it's pioneering way. 100 albums. But, but he
0: never seemed to ever change in, <laughs> as, a, as like a his kindness. I Mark, would use the word kindness to, to describe to, him. To a
3: fault. And, there, you know, there's never been a bad word said about, about Slim that I've... Encountered. I've spent a bit of time in the country music scene, and uh, yeah. So I mean, it's it's it is all about your metal because people write you off. The Jets have been written off. The Angels, who I sing with now, they've been written off. And
0: well, Angels, how many years have they been around
3: for? Well, they've been around forty-three years this year. Uh, wow.
0: I was going to say that with Mel Gibson, I would love to know where did his sense of self-worth come from to be able to rise publicly a second time. <laughs> But he then was, I would also say to you, self worth, to be able to fill the shoes in Angels well, of somebody that is such an Australian icon when he was unable. You took over when he was unable to perform? He, or he'd after left he, the
3: band and then he got crook after that. And right. uh, yeah, so I came in at a very contentious time. There were people saying that. Yeah, I'd it could have gone either way. Could,
0: oh, really?
3: And that the band had shafted him and all this stuff. It was called Rick Brewster's Angels. And, I mean, luck, luckily for me, I mean, maybe Mel's the same. In, I don't do social media, so I didn't... You know, people say, say, oh, mate, they were saying shocking stuff, but I didn't want to say anything. Because I, I don't care. I mean, they might as well...
4: well you I know, know, Oprah be says more. she doesn't read
0: about herself.
3: Yeah, yeah. I well. think it's
0: a discipline, isn't it, of where you take your mindset. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's and right. if you
0: go looking for, for some sort of external validation, you'll find it, but you'll also find the critics. So <laughs> yeah, well, it's like,
3: don't yeah, look. A, a lot of interviews I do, people who've checked Wikipedia and I... I've never wicked Googled myself, whatever they do. And about at least half a dozen people in interviews have said, and you won a, a singing competition at a club when you were 12, singing in the nude. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? what are you talking about? And it, it clicked after a while. One of them finally said to me, well, it said that in Wikipedia. And I'm like, well, there you go on. <laughs> The Holy Grail of everything, yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, I, I can only imagine the celebrity that, that Mel has and that you know, that other people. Um, and and let's get back to the point. I loved everything Mel Gibson did. Yeah. I, you know, all the lethal weapon movies, Gallipoli, Tim, was it I've Ransom somewhere he comes after the guys. He's got his oh, it's, you know. And so I, I was a huge fan, and like uh, hit that fall from grace kind of odd. Oh,
0: you are cut by that. Yeah, cut by I that. I was a bit like that with the Michael Jackson thing. Mm-hmm. He was like, I just...
3: Yeah, well, you know. that's all right. And then, and then people go, well, here it is. And you go, oh, well, there's, uh, there's some atonement to be done for that, <laughs> obviously. Hopefully uh, Mel's back on, on track and he won't be screaming at people for being Jewish. <laughs> Jewish yeah, exactly, police or like, yes. anything like that.
0: I would love to ask him, what has he learnt from that?
3: Oof. Stay off the source, with. I reckon his thing would <laughs> Yeah, really. probably. Yes. good
0: happens after three AM. There's a good one, drink and drive. Resilience would be another thing. I would Resilience, really want yeah. to know because how it, do you not end up curled up in a ball, having a, a mental breakdown, oh. a nervous breakdown?
3: And your PR person coming in the door, taking a photo and at <laughs> the same it off to 3 time. 3. Yes. <laughs> oh, look at Mel! You know, but yeah. Well, this is yeah. He'd. Uh, you have to be a, an absolute study in resilience. And um, and look, hes I imagine him, he's like a, a lot of blokes. that You know, they blow up once in a while, make a fool of themselves. Not me, I wouldn't say. <laughs> <Is he? laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's a... Uh, it, you did
0: well New Year's Eve. You were very entertaining. <laughs> he's just
3: a uh, yeah, very complex bloke I'd love to have a yarn with.
0: I think I'd be scared and a little bit intimidated. <laughs> Would you be intimidated? Like, do you think you'd be going, I wonder if he's, like, Got a short fuse.
3: Yeah, well, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I imagine it's how you, pro- how you approach him.
0: Actually, that's a great way to wind this up. Approaching people. That's right. Setting your intent. Is it that you're wanting something for your own agenda or is it that you're really wanting to There's have a, to a genuine art. connection?
3: Yeah. Well, they do say the art of, of conversation is in the listening and not being ready with the next answer. Being yeah. ready with what you're going to say and let say. And, look, that's why Parker... Michael Parkinson just says one thing, (laughs) and Andrew Denton used to do it too, said one thing, just let people. Let
0: people just talk. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you. I'd love to hang out on the bench with you, with him. I think Mel Gibson would be awesome. No worries. Cheers. Thanks for sharing. Hi, I'm
6: Tash, and onto the park bench I would invite my children's future spouses. Oh, Tash.
0: That's super clever. Okay, I've got my own thoughts up going on about why I would want to do that, but I'm going to ask you why.
6: Well, I was sitting out in front of my uh, house this morning and I watched an elderly couple walking past, and they must have been in their late 80s. They're quite elderly. And they had their arms wrapped around each other and they were laughing as they were walking. And I thought to myself, I will never see my children at that age. I won't be around by them. So I won't know what um you know, what their adult life or that stage of their adult life uh, is going to be going to be like. And I thought I I'd, I'd love to sit down with their partners and say and, and and have them talk to me about what sort of life they've created and shared with my children. You know, have they walked hand in hand along the beach? Do they lie in bed at, at night? You know, sharing stories and giggling. Do they sit in front of the TV and have their meals together and, and talk all day? Do they have, you know, do they, have they had wonderful Christmases with large families? You know, it's, I just, yeah, I'd like to know what sort of life they've created
0: in my That's Beautiful. The other one would be too, you could also take it as an opportunity to share wisdom, the wisdom of a mother that knows her children so well to the future partner. Yeah. Yeah. To be able to have greater insight into understanding each other. Yeah.
6: So instead of spending ten years working each other out, I can give them a heads up. This is what my children are like. This is what they need. This is what they're good at, and uh, these are their strong points. These are their weak points, and this is this is what my children will need for a, for a happy, successful relationship and life.
0: I think I would also like to ask them the flip side too, if, as well as sharing the wisdom of knowing my children so well and being able to give insight into that. I would love to ask them more about who they are and what it is that they require from a partner in emotional support, physically, intellectually, spiritually, socially. It would be wonderful to have that conversation to then be able to share with my children. Again, so they get the the yeah, head start stuff well. on being yeah. able to yeah, sure. fill each other's love tanks and have such a divine connection from such an early start. Yeah. So you've got the future partners of your children on the bench. Would you like to also invite in if there are future children, which are grandchildren, which would be your grandchildren, their children? Well I'd have to think about that one, but my
6: natural curiosity is not for the grandchildren, it's just for my just for my son and for my daughter. Okay. And beyond that, I don't have that same level of intrigue. And I think it's almost passing the baton, isn't it? Once you've gone, once yes. you've, You know, once you've passed away and moved on, you're not here and available uh, to watch and to support and in, to encourage and in, to enjoy, you know, the life of your children. So you're passing the baton on to their partners, you know, if indeed they have one, if they choose to have one. And I want their partners to be on notice that they've got a big job and I want them to take that job seriously. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I I think it's about wanting, not just about wanting to get to know their partners, but, um, yeah, putting them on notice that I expect that they will be left in good hands. Thank you very much. Yes, otherwise you'll be dealing with Tash from the other side. Exactly.
0: (laughs) I think that's such a gorgeous concept. Thank you for sharing that. I can imagine everybody listening to this going, I would never have thought of that, but that's so cool. Yeah.
6: Jane, there is somebody else that I would like to invite to the bench.
0: Okay. Who is going to be coming on the bench? Well, not necessarily
6: anyone in, it's not necessarily a person, but somebody from a particular category of people. I would love to ask a serial killer to join me on the bench. Wow at a reasonably safe distance but join me on With lots edge. of security around lots of security around i have always been fascinated by serial killers and and i love reading uh, true crime as well but not just a not just an average serial killer some a, a real psychopath somebody completely crazy who doesn't just murder but severs heads and puts them you know, puts heads in freezers or cuts off their appendages and, okay, and fries gosh. them up and eats them. Okay, that's yeah,
0: enough. I know. <laughs> we get the picture. No no no. I have to ask, is it is it the the curiosity of getting into their minds?
6: Absolutely. Is it that you I want to
0: I would have loved to
6: have been a criminal psychiatrist, you know, where ah. you, you sit down and you talk to these people who have been convicted and get an insight into their their lives. Because a lot of people look at Ted Bundy, he was he was a highly educated uh young man from a good family. You know, what what drove him to be so sadistic? What do you think it is? Um, maybe it's a chemical imbalance. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I can kind of understand that these people get their adrenaline rush from things that we find sadistic. I don't agree with it, obviously, mm. but I can kind of understand why they would get a thrill from, from killing and then going a step further, uh, you know, doing whatever it is these people do with the bodies. But, yeah, I can kind of understand that rush. But... I'd love to know what drove you to do it. You know, at what point did you stop being a a normal average kid or adult and at what point did you change? You know, what
0: was the catalyst for
6: for change? What drove you to do?
0: I know the sociopaths that I've known in um, both life and in my practice, coaching practice, they have in common huge insecurities that they've moved from those insecurities their their defense has been massive self-entitlement and placing themselves way ahead of everybody else so it's 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 narcissism but it's narcissism with the validation of emotionally playing with another person makes them feel superior so it's a superiority thing but i don't know about the serial killers because i can understand murder through rage yeah, or I frustration yeah, i can understand that or that one moment of snapping of snapping yeah. like a light switch can go off for any of us yeah. on anything i don't understand that repeated
6: yeah, I don't the understand. It's a pattern of behaviour and planned and premeditated. Planned. I mean,
0: there, it's the a plan, isn't
6: look it? Look at the people who have done it over uh, not just a, a six-week period but over you know a decade or, or two decades. You know mm. That's a prolonged
0: period of, of time. You know, As an empath where I've got that ability to go into a particular emotion and know what's going on, I actually can't. I've never considered going into the energy of a serial killer and I don't think I will. I think I'll leave that one for you <laughs> and you can share your wisdom with me. However... I don't understand, too, if we go to murder, where, you know, somebody spends two years planning the murder of their wife or it's like, can't you just divorce it? Yeah. Can't you just split up? So so I don't really, yeah, so you think it's the dramatic, it's the... I think so. Mm. I mean, it's a, it's a similar thing to people committing suicide, isn't
6: it? That, and they say that men will go in a dramatic, masculine kind of way. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they say that men will either um, uh, shoot themselves or hang themselves where women are more likely to overdose on on fields. Right, right. And that's another thing that fascinates me, people that commit suicide. I'd love to have people, young people who have committed suicide on the bench
0: as well and to say, what what, what got you to that point? What's the motivation for this interest to find the tipping point and to... Try and work out how we can support so the tipping point doesn't happen. Yeah, absolutely. Because that look, would be look, incredibly you know, valuable work for society.
6: Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. That's a good. That's a good. Um, a good name for it, the tipping point. Mm. But yeah, for the for the people who see no other way out of life, who commit suicide, particularly the young, you know, in their twenties and thirties, I'm more interested in. You know, when did you know that enough was enough? when could you not see that you could you could live any longer go any go any further mm. and do you regret you know could you, is there any possibility that you could see that there
0: was an alternative for you because it's such a permanent solution to a temporary problem yes yeah, absolutely
6: but the serial killers more so for me um, I'd love to sit down with Ted Bundy and say, you know, what was life for you like? Did he? I think he did a medical degree or a law degree. I, I don't I think know. He was a lawyer. Uh, I think he was a lawyer, and he was a very handsome man as well. So well educated, uh, good looking. He had no no problems uh, forming relationships with uh, with beautiful women. So what happened? You know, what was your childhood like? What mm. what was going on in your head the first time you killed? How did mm. it make you feel? Mm. How did it make you feel? They're good questions. And why would you aren't go they? back and do it all over again? And it gets more sadistic, you know, more sadistic every Each time, time. He, he went on. Um, but to fry up body parts. Oh, Tash. I'm sorry, but to fry up body parts and eat them. I mean, yes, that's horrendous, but isn't that intriguing?
0: It is intriguing. I'm going to leave that research for you though. Yes, okay. Thank, Thank you, you so know. much for sharing, Tash. It's a lot of fun. My pleasure. Bye.
5: Hi, I'm Trevor, and I'm on the bench, and the people I'd like to meet in the future are my two daughters. Um, So I'm going to say that if I died tomorrow uh, and could meet someone in the future 20 years from now, 2036, I'd like to be my two girls, Kelly and Terry, just to check in and see that they are healthy and they are happy, and to meet my grandchildren, of which I have none at the moment to find out what direction of lives their lives have taken and that they've achieved their goals and dreams. Of course, I couldn't do anything to change that because I would have already been dead for 20 years.
0: Well, you don't know that. You might be able to do a lot of stuff from the other side. That's true. Maybe you can be of great assistance to them, Trevor. We'll have to find that out.
5: But I would hope the time that I had spent with them would be enough to shape their lives for them to improve upon as they're already doing now in the present
0: that's so beautiful so you really want to you want to see the impact of of how you've raised them and the experiences that you've had together yes and you want to see how does that play out in 20 years time
5: correct it would be very interesting I think
0: that would be fascinating wouldn't it yes and then I wonder if we would look and think job well done or the we'd think, oh, I wish I'd done that a bit different. But look at how that's played out.
5: That's that's very true. And at the present moment, people have asked me the question, would I change anything in my life and do anything different to the way I have? And I can honestly say that I wouldn't change it because I've been quite happy the way things have gone.
0: That's beautiful. Um, Am I allowed to ask how old you are, Trevor?
5: I'm 62 years old. Fantastic! So you've got a lot of living and wisdom behind you. I'd like to think so.
0: That's gorgeous. Uh, I hope
5: it's been enough to par- take on to people and uh, be able to get them in the right direction. Uh, I think my two girls are model girls, and uh, to, the last thing is to be able to tell them one more and last time that I love them, and they've always been my heroes because they've been true strength. I've had a lot of problems in the past, uh, health-wise, and uh, to see them get on with the daily life is uh, a real inspiration and makes you want to get up in the morning.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. I think they're very lucky girls, very blessed girls to have had you guiding them, yep. that I would go down the prediction path and say, I reckon we can pretty safely say in 20 years time, all is going to be very well. I certainly hope so. That's a very cool concept. That's, that's something that I would certainly enjoy inviting onto the benches, is, is my children in 20 years time, yeah, see how it all plays out. That's for sure. Oh,
4: thank you for sharing that oh, Trevor,
0: that's you're beautiful. You're
5: and uh, hi to everyone.
4: Hi, I'm Janet. And I would like to invite on my bench my mother. Um, she passed away last year. And she, even though she was 94, um, she loved history. And I used to listen to her, but I don't remember everything. And so I wish that I could ask her questions and this time pay more attention or at least write it down so that I would know. So... I find myself all the time going, oh, I wonder what this is. Oh, only mum was here. And it's not just me, it's my brothers as well. We're all the same, thinking. So, yeah, it would be my mum. She oh. would be the one that I would ask. So it's a bit like lost wisdom, isn't it? It is, and it's the end of the era. My mum, my dad passed away a long time ago, about 15 years ago. And, um, yeah, so it was just my mum for a long time. And, I'd yeah, it, and she's the last one. She's, she was the last one standing, basically. In the end, she was the oldest person left in her country town. and um, when she passed away, a lot went with her. So, and I always yeah. think that's sad when older people go too, because it doesn't matter whether it's my mum or whether it's whoever it is. They take so much with them, and if it's not r- recorded, Mum did record quite a bit, so we're quite lucky there. But It is sad that as a culture, we don't revere our elders.
0: Mm. I feel really sad about that because there is so much wisdom that is lost that we don't honour and take more time to document. I'm not saying you personally, I'm saying all of us.
4: Yeah, it's you know, true. Don't, yeah, we don't... There would be a lot of people. Yeah, we were lucky with Mum. She was always, um, you know, talking about the past because my um, grandparents were pioneers in this country town. My grandmother oh, wow. was the first white woman to arrive by a car and... They were uh, farmers in the district, and you know, so there's so much that went on. Like my grandfather. Fascinating on railways, time of, yeah, year, of, of life. That's right, incredible. The first white woman to arrive in the car in in that in town. that area. Yeah,
0: yeah. Wow. So you know oh,
4: what she would have seen and witnessed and heard, and that's right. And all the stories and everything, you know, it's it's incredible about what they've done and and what they achieve with so very little. And I think we can learn a lot from that.
0: You know, days. I have a friend who is, one of her passions in life is to talk to old people, like really old people. Mm. And I love watching her. She will just stop wherever we are and just start a conversation. And she asks some really good questions and learns so much. And I think we just don't ask the questions, do we? I mean, I, can, I know of a, a recent situation where somebody said, oh, don't bother him, he's 90. And I thought
4: I'd be horrified if people were saying that about me. Don't bother me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, yeah, they loved, um, yeah, and they will soon tell you. At 90, I'm sure they've got a way of telling people if they don't (laughs) want to talk. Sure they've learnt healthy boundaries (laughs) and and able to speak their truth. I'm sure (laughs) they have. So, yeah, no, I I think a lot of people just like to talk. They like to share their experiences and what they do. I mean, even at our age, we, you know, we like to share our experiences and and make sure that it's passed down through history. But these days, I think a lot of it's taken for granted that it's going to be recorded, it's going to be this, it's going to be that, but it's not always the case. If I look at my own recordings at home of of life events, I've got the old-fashioned
0: video that is a little square camcorder thing, or not camcorder, it was before all of that. I don't know how to play them. My wedding tape's on a VHS cassette. Mm. I don't have anything to play that on. Mm. Then we've had cassette tapes, we've had DVDs, Now it's all online. I don't know. I hope Um, that online actually means that finally
4: we've got a format that stays. But even then, the formats changed. I know. And that's why passing knowledge down orally is really important and people listening. And there's lots of cultures in the world that have done that for thousands of years. We're not good
0: at it, though, in our culture.
4: No, no, because we're so wrapped up in everything that we do. We often, you know, forget to sit down and just take that all in. And you?
0: there is that kind of thing of, you know, the next generation will surpass us. And I love that idea that, mm. you know, my children are going to be hopefully much better versions than, of, of, than I am and, and achieve great things in whatever area they wish to. But it, it's such a society of just moving forward, 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 forward that we just forget the
4: wisdom. Oh. Yeah, about, about yeah. elders. Yeah, I often say to my kids, you know, if you think you've got it tough now, think back, you know, then they had no air conditioning, they had no, you know, their transport was horses.
0: Didn't and often have electricity, it was. A whole different world. And in fact, I do like, did laugh when we recently had the big storms here in Adelaide, and everybody on Facebook was posting about how you know, oh, I haven't had electricity for three hours. It's <laughs> Such a first world problem.
4: <laughs> I know, yeah, but life is yeah. It's moved a lot. Mum used to say that in her lifetime, like they went from cars to man on the moon to like internet. You know, she was very forward-thinking. I mean, she'd just gone onto Facebook, and she was 93. She was oh, I love her Facebook. And she had a laptop, and she, you know, she muddled around with it and all that sort of stuff. But she, you know, she enjoyed keeping up with the times. But she, there was a lot of progress. And she used to say that the most, in, the things that had the most impact, she felt, was one was television, because it brought other parts of the world, like inter- and then the internet, like the internet, it you stepped it up even further, because up until then you were quite isolated. And she often used to talk about, you know, all the tragedies that we see in the world today and, you know, the big tsunami that happened all those years ago. And she said those kind of things would have been going on forever, but you just never heard about them. And no. even the bombing in Darwin, she said they never really heard about that. They had no idea of the, of the enormity of that during the war because they you know they just they weren't really told and the communication was basically radio was radio
0: I love the internet I think because I grew up with television for me I think the internet's been the greatest invention in my lifetime because it does make us so accessible to to everything which is wonderful it's exciting that we can be aware in yeah in whatever we that we can be aware in whatever
4: we want yeah, I'm not sure about the internet. I think it's fantastic. Like, in my job, um, I use it all the time. Like, it's incredible. It's amazing, the amount of knowledge that you have at your fingertips. But I also think it's, I don't know, it speeds our life up. And I don't know that I really want to see everything that's going on everywhere all the time. A lot of it can be quite depressing and quite overwhelming. And mm, I am very strict on my news feed, like on different mm. social medias. Because yeah, I, I am too, I, I yeah, I try and turn off, but you know sometimes I think with younger children, like I see, kids you know coming through school and that it, that has an impact on them. I think you've got to be careful, yeah,
0: mm. but I guess for the purposes of uh, being able to capture the past,
4: oh yeah, I think it's the incredible. internet is fabulous, oh yes, it's amazing. I've got a friend who's um has uh, does family trees and yeah, it's incredible what she can do and the research and how she can research places overseas and go into their archives. It's, it's incredible. No, it's a bit different from back in our school days when we went to a library and found a
0: book on a particular topic
4: we were passionate about. <laughs> but sometimes that was a good thing, I think. Yeah, that's the trouble, I think, with kids these days when they research, when they're younger, especially in their primary school years, it's really difficult for them with the internet because they've... They've actually got so much knowledge that they've got to try and Work through it. Sift and, through it. Have a filter and they don't, system. And they don't have the background knowledge of it to know what's right, what's not right. And, you know, there's a lot of false things on the internet too, you
0: know. No, so. and we've learnt that. Well, my teenagers have learnt that the hard way with online shopping where, you know, they've gone to buy something and it's it's a scam and there goes their money.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they do. Yeah. So they don't have the tools to have the filter system. Mm. So we went from virtually no information to an over supply of information. But having said that, I too would really enjoy chatting with your mum on a bench. I think that she would have some really interesting stories oh, to share. Yeah, she's amazing. Thank you, Janet. That's all right. No problem. Hi,
7: my name is Mike. I would invite him to the bench, the last living historian of the human race that lives a full life.
0: The last historian of the human race. Yep. This is the last guy standing.
7: Pretty much. Yeah. Yep. Last.
0: Wow, okay, that's blown my mind. All right, okay, so what would you ask him?
7: Um, well, I'd like to ask him where we got to in, in the scheme of the universe, as to where the hu- human race went, if we ever left Earth itself. Um, I would ask him...
0: Could we ask what happened? Yeah, what, There's none of us here. What, what happened? What
7: happened? Um, get to describe what things are like now, or when he, when he was living. Um... Where the human race went right in things and where the human race went wrong in things.
2: would be fascinating. Um,
7: and a whole series of things. You know, Were there any more world wars? Did we learn from wars?
0: Did um, we end up coming from love and not fear?
7: Whether we ever make contact with other you know, aliens.
0: Did we become our highest versions? Did we become wonderfully intuitive? Yeah. Did we evolve our brains our abilities our connection yep did we become oneness and um oh, did we fail epically <laughs> yeah. did oh. we drink too many beers at normanville <laughs> <laughs> did
7: we uh, yeah just uh, and you know important events that have happened um in the will that will happen in the future so.
0: yes it'd be fascinating because really with we did the flip side and you you talk to a historian like if somebody grabbed one of us but mm. we could time travel back, yeah. we'd be freaking them out.
7: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You yeah. know,
0: and in fact there've been Hollywood movies made about stuff like that, yeah. you know, where people yeah. have, right. have have woken up in another century and yeah. or they've gone back and they are um, finding themselves with the wisdom or the knowledge the knowledge more of where we are today. That would be incredibly fascinating.
7: Always does intrigue me as to where we will end up.
0: So, Do you have a belief of you know life on other planets?
7: Uh, I believe the um, uh, yeah a lot of the the scientists now, they, they say, it's basically in, inevitable. It's just that we'll probably never ever get to see it because of the distances involved. But there's just so many stars, so many
0: planets. Well, unless we evolve ourselves where well, we can travel. You know yeah. that yeah. Te- teleport yourself, yeah. and there—I mean—there are scientists that have documented people doing that. there's a wonderful book called oh, "The Life and Teachings of." I'm going to have to look this up and reference it in the show notes. There's five books to the series, and it was written—they were written about a hundred years ago—and it had scientists from the U.S. that were invited to an ancient tribe in India, I think it was himalayas somewhere around that region Mm. excuse the the old uh, my mind that is not remembering well however they proved these scientists proved that these people were traveling through other means Mm. and so they invited the scientists to live with them for quite a considerable period of time it's like a year or something like that and to just keep an open mind and document everything and ask the test to be done. So they did their scientific way of, you know, this, this needs to be covered off to mm. so we can't say it isn't. Yeah. And they basically would have people at one point that would present with a note that one scientist had documented. I wrote this note at 12.22 on the 13th of whatever, and that note appeared several hundred miles away a few moments later. Mm. So they you know, so I think that everything that we're talking about mm. likely has happened, but for whatever reasons, it's not mainstream knowledge, yeah. probably because of the fear that is associated with it mm. and uh, and maybe the threat to contemporary structures of society. Yeah. it would be absolutely fascinating.
7: well, and he would being the last living um, historian too, he would uh, Probably be able to give us an insight as to why the human race will end, yeah. you know, if he's going to be the
0: which actually globalist. you could be the one that saves the human race because you've got this guy on your bench giving yeah. you the wisdom of okay. how to stop yeah, this. You'd have the knowledge. Yeah, and then I get to say that I actually sat on the bench with you. <laughs> how cool am I? <laughs> yeah, it would be incredibly valuable wisdom and knowledge, and on a a whole scientific level of. of, of People that study time travel and multi layered dimensions that we're apparently all living in simultaneously. I know it's hard to get your head around. I can't get my head around it.
7: So many questions.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would be fascinating. Thank you for sharing. That's awesome, Mike. I'm sure that people are going to go, wow, great, great idea.
7: (laughs) No worries. Thank you.
8: Hi, my name's Pete, and I would invite onto the bench the Dalai Lama.
0: Okay, so. Why? Why the Dalai Um I just
8: think uh, just the, the simpleness of his life and we have a life of uh, excess, really, and just to strip everything back and just to go back to the basics.
0: His wisdom is amazing and he is amazing.
8: Yeah. Uh, just the way he, he strips everything back, he seems to have uh, a real clarity in uh, his thoughts.
0: It's very simplistic, isn't mm. it? Yeah. Very simplistic. And yet I've watched him ask on, you know, there's lots of YouTube clips of him being interviewed, and I've watched him being asked some really curly questions that I'm thinking I would have no idea how to answer that. And out it rolls, such beautiful simplicity of how to live, how to resolve conflict. But I'd also be curious to ask him, he's had a tough life, yeah, and how that acceptance and still comes so much from love without any hostility it's like gandhi it's like nelson mandela yeah, for sure. you know yeah. they're all amazing mm. people that de- demonstrate that same quality martin luther king yeah i want some of that in me yeah i also would be fascinated to ask the dalai lama the story about how they work out who is the next dalai lama so apparently what happens is oh gee i hope i've got this right it's a long time since i read this when the Dalai Lama passes, I think there's a period of time where there is no Dalai Lama. Yep. Several years. And I think that's around five years that they then go searching for who the Dalai Lama has reincarnated yep.
8: in. Yeah, I've read the same thing. Oh, you he have? Put a, a number of things out on a on a table and he selects the things that are his. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes, yes. it's amazing, amazing yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But you know who I'd also like to invite on our bench since it's our bench now with, with the Dalai Lame? His mum. Because she hands him over at five years knowing she will never be allowed to communicate with him as her mother ever again. Yeah, right. And I think, wow. Like, I get that there would be that incredible honour of I gave birth to the Dalai Lame. <laughs> but I think I might be selfish enough to go, actually, I'd really rather... Have my child yeah, with me than sure. hand him over to yeah, the
4: world.
8: I have a
0: um, pretty
8: strong belief in uh, yeah. to hand a child over.
0: I think it would be really hard. So I guess I would like to ask her, how did she go through that process? But then I guess there's so much pride, isn't there? Like, well, that's my child.
8: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's just such, such a big character with so much knowledge. Um, I'd probably let him do most of the talking.
0: Oh, and now can, there's and, wisdom <laughs> in itself. Well done, Pete. Let him do the talking and say, what is it you'd most like to share with me? Yeah. What is it you'd most like me to know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But then I have to think, well, what things am I struggling with in my life? And I still would like to go to another level of not having negative thoughts. I'd like to know if he has negative thoughts.
8: Yeah. Yeah, that'd be interesting.
0: I wonder if he has a
8: process. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely would. Like everybody is
0: human. Well, you'd think everybody would, but he's quite dazzling as a unique individual. Hmm. I wonder what keeps him awake at two in the morning. I'd ask him that.
8: (laughs) I wonder who he he gets nervous having this meeting tomorrow. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, there's another thing I did read about him when he has got uh, an important meeting or meeting of the minds coming up, or if he's got a really busy day, he says, I've got a very busy day tomorrow. I must meditate twice as long. What's the one thing today that every person could do to be happier? I reckon he'd say something like... Come from love, not from fear. Yeah, for sure. for sure. Probably? Yeah, no, there's a lot to be said for that. Mm. Definitely. Mm. Would you ask me to play golf with you or go fishing? Nah. Oh, probably go fishing, yeah.
8: Yeah? yeah. Definitely. definitely go fishing. Yeah? Yeah.
0: Do you reckon you'd catch a lot that day? I think
8: the law of attraction would state that you would. <laughs> <laughs> probably, would probably catch a lot, but only take enough.
0: <laughs> nice. Of course, yes. Sorry, you can't take him fishing. He'd definitely be vegetarian. Oh, I probably would be. Probably would be. Yeah, we might cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to ask him what's the most challenging conversation he's ever had. Yeah. Who's the most controversial person he's met, you know, that was on completely opposing views, views to him his own, yeah, for sure. and how he handled that? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Any parting words for the Dalai Lama? You never know, he just might listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know, keep smiling. Yeah. Thanks, Pete. I'll join you on the bench with the Dalai Lama. That's good. Beautiful. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed sitting on the park bench with me. If you'd like to join in in the post-show conversations, head to the Facebook page, Love Life Show. And if you wish, join us in our private, closed Love Life Tribe group where we have many more conversations and thought-provoking discussions. All you have to do is put in a joining request that's pinned to the top of the Facebook page. You can also listen to over 200 past episodes by heading to lovelifeshow.com on iTunes, or visiting janedonovan.com. So until next week, have a gorgeous week having interesting park bench conversation. Life is
3: perfect,
4: I'm not trying, it's just happening.